welcome to Latin Con Orgullo with your hosts, Elizabeth and Gabby. Latin Con Orgullo is a podcast designed to explore the diversity of Latinidad, taboo topics that can inform our listeners on the issues relevant to our community. Each episode will include the thoughts of those identifying as first-generation, immigrants, and anything in between. We hope to empower you to be vulnerable and share your stories. So traite una silla y acompáñanos en nuestra conversación para reírnos, educarnos y fortalecer a nuestra comunidad. Hola a todos y bienvenidos a otro episodio de Latín con Orgullo. Feliz mes de la herencia hispana o latina. Queremos recordar aquellos de cuando eran pequeños o quizás cuando eran adultos y que sus familiares les contaban historias de espanto o leyendas que hayan escuchado de su infancia. So, hoy vamos a hacer algo un poco diferente y le daremos tributo a esas historias y leyendas que nuestros padres nos contaron que tienen orígenes en Latinoamérica. So, para empezar, as we usually do, we want to talk about the personal connections that we have to this topic. Gabby, do you want to get started? What, why did you, you know, want to talk about this topic? I mean, I think it's interesting just because, especially now as adults, um, this is not something that's like at the, um, you know, that we constantly remember or is at the forefront of our days. Um, so I think it's a nostalgic piece, especially like, um, and then, and it's appreciate another aspect of Latin culture. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'd say as I've grown older too, um, a lot of these stories like have indigenous roots as well. And we don't really realize that. So that to me is also something, I guess that, that is important when, when we talk about these stories and like the history that it also has tied to parts of Latin America that were once a part of Latin America. So, yeah, I think. Is, are there any stories, Gabby, that you remember in particular when you were growing up? Yeah, um, for sure. Kukui, um, still remember my mom like singing to me like um, sometimes like a lullaby. <laughs> I will say not the best singing, but <laughs> she tried. Um, and then Kukui, I'm like, that one's crazy because it's like if you know, si no te portas bien, he'll come for you. It's like the boogeyman basically to describe him. In other places, he's also known as El Coco, so... Did you know him as El Coco or El Cucuy? No, El Cucuy. Okay. El Coco is mostly used in, I think, South, South America. Okay. Um, and actually, that whole story, it's based out of Spain. Oh, yeah, I do remember you saying that. I guess we will int- we'll move on and just introduce Latino folklore and what it is and why it's important to Latino culture. So, Latino folklore basically stories or actually Gabby you might be a bit do you want to explain it um yeah well I guess it's like any it's like any based in any mythology um like a lot of stories like even like across let's say Europe or um yeah anywhere in the world we have like mythology um so for a lot of them they're a part of like um they have like those indigenous figures or some of them are from like um due to colonization of Span- the, the Spanish um, or whoever, like, um, came into that country and immigrated. So now, like, throughout Latin America, you see, like, a lot of those influences from not only the Native people there, but, like, um, people that have immigrated there. Um, 
but a lot of times these folklores are trying to, at the end of the day, um, teach a lesson. And so especially for kids, that's why a lot of them are kid-based, because basically the premise of all of this is if you do not act correctly, um, you something bad will happen to you. <laughs> um, but funny too, like a lot of them are also like um, if you cheat or if you're a drunk man <laughs> by the river, um, yeah, like that something will happen to you or like a, fa- a, a monster will get you. Um, so I think that's also funny. <laughs> um, and a lot of them are also, I mean, La Llorona, like, even though she's universal throughout Latin America, yeah, there's always a woman, um, in, even in El Salvador or, like, across South America, we found a lot of women figures that are always after men that are cheaters, um, or people in general that cheat on their partner. So I think that was interesting to find out, too. Elizabeth, yeah, anything else from your research? Um, the other thing I um, you probably already mentioned it, Gabby, was that I think the you mentioned kids and adults like borrachos, like yeah. I also think it serves for adults, like for us to like in general to behave. Because I remember yeah. growing up as a kid, they would talk about these stories, but that it happened sometimes to adults as well. So yeah. And I honestly feel like a lot of the the stories that they told were based on like Catholicism because Catholicism yeah. is very big in in Latin America and in Christianity as well. So I, they were used as a way for people to behave. I mean, I don't know if it made a difference, but you know, it was used <laughs> to keep. Yeah, um, it was used to no, keep everyone in check. Yeah, that is true. That's an interesting point that you bring up. Um, yeah, I mean, Catholicism and other christian religions like um uh, are a big component of latin america especially like um now in this time period where other countries um get to travel to latin america and they bring like uh, missionaries or whatever like there is like a widespread of like um different religions that are christian based um so yeah um let's see what story should we start with first, Elizabeth? Yeah, we can. I think we can start with La Llorona since I feel like that's, I feel like one that we all know. Okay. So, yeah, I hope you enjoyed this. Um, we just wanted to um, ha- like share these stories, like not just like what they were, um, but actually like, re- uh, re- like read an excerpt from like these stories. Um, and some of them will be in Spanish and some of them will be in English, just. Um, we wanted to do justice to these stories, and I think some of them are better said in Spanish. Um, but yeah, um, I hope you enjoy this, and I don't know, wherever you are, I hope this is maybe even relaxing or nostalgic for you. Maybe a little scary. <laughs> maybe a little scary, as we're entering <laughs> spooky season here in the U.S. Yeah. <laughs> well, even in Latin America, I mean, November 2 is like Day of the Dead or well, Dia yeah. de los Ingenieros. So, yeah. <laughs> right. Let's let's get started. So before we start off, uh, we want to share that these stories are not our own. They are not written by us. They are from other creators. And as we go, we will mention who the creators are. And we will also add the sources to the description in the show notes. So, all right, let's start off with La Llorona. So I'll try my best to, you know, do justice to La Llorona. <laughs> so... La Llorona actually has origins in Mexico, but she's pretty universal in other places in Latin America. 
En Nicaragua la conocen como la novia de Tola y en Venezuela como la Sayona. So, I'm reading, I'm gonna read the story about La Llorona. Long ago, in a small village in Mexico, there lived a beautiful woman named Maria. She was known throughout the village for her striking beauty and charm. Maria came from a humble background, but her looks and grace caught the attention of many men, including a wealthy ranchero. Maria and the ranchero fell deeply in love, and they were soon married. Together, they had two children, a son and a daughter, and their family seemed happy and content. However, as time passed, the ranchero began to lose interest in Maria. He spent less and less time with her and the children and started to seek the company of other women. One day, while Maria was walking with her children along the banks of a river, she, she saw her husband with another woman. Consumed by jealousy and rage, Maria's emotions got the best of her. In a fit of despair and anger, she drowned her two children in the river. As soon as she realized what she had done, she was overcome with grief and remorse. She tried to save them, but it was too late. Haunted by her actions and the loss of her children, Maria wandered the village streets, weeping and calling out for her children. She could not find solace or forgiveness and refused to move on to the afterlife. Her spirit was condemned to roam the earth for eternity, searching for her lost children. People in the village would hear her wailing, Ay, mis hijos, which meant, Oh, my children. Her ghost apparition was often described as a woman in white, veiled and soaked in water. Many claimed to have encountered her near bodies of water, particularly in rivers and lakes. Legend has it that if La Llorona encounters children, she might try to take them, believing them to be her own. For this reason, parents often warn their children not to go out at night, especially near water, for fear of encountering the weeping woman. That's the story of La Llorona. Okay, right? that's brilliant. <laughs> I'm like, you did do justice to I mis hijos. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, that story, like, even though, like, um, it's Mexican-based, I think um, now that a lot of Mexican-American filmmakers are um, getting into Hollywood, we've seen a lot of renditions now, even spread to, like, mainstream um, U.S. media, so, yeah, I'm yeah. like, this story is nostalgic, and I think, did we have a challenge, like, for our generation back in the day, where it was, like, or I remember, like, in middle school, like, kids would be, like, oh, like, look at the mirror, and be, like, call this person, like, call, like, another oh, yeah. time. I, I do remember that shit was scary, I never. No, I tried it, I thought about it once, and I was, like, oh, no. Oh, it was Mary, Mary, that, I do oh. remember that, but it was oh. in English, and I was, like, oh, yeah, no. I, I've always been a scary cat, so I never, you know, I only did it if I was dared, but I was crapping my pants whenever I did it. But yes, I yeah, did. Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I did not like, um, for some reason, like, my worst enemy was Chucky. Like, he was my worst. I would dream with that person, especially, like, being the youngest in my household. Like, these people, like, would play, like, Chucky. Like, on TV, like, I remember in the early, like, 2000s, and I just would hate it. Just so many bad dreams with that. Yeah. Turkey is also my the worst. I have my cousins. I have older cousins, so 
they also scared me with Chucky all the time. And they forced me to watch Chucky. Like, I think that maybe that's why I'm scared of everything. Because my cousins were mean. <laughs> um, so I remember some people, like, back in the day, like, uh, buying a Chucky doll. Yeah, they Did had you- one. And they made me sleep with it. Nah, I want to, like, push out of the bed. Like, oh, well. <laughs> okay. No, well, up next. Okay, oh, go ahead, Jeff. Um... Okay, so up next, um, I'm going to talk about La Sirenawa, which um, it has a basis in Guatemala and in Salvador. Um, I'm going to talk about it from the perspective, the like, folklore of Salvadorian folklore, um, and I will be doing it in Spanish. So, yes, I hope you enjoy. Um, but she's also she's also kind of recognized as like a variation of La Llorona, um, but her story is kind of different. Um, it also has uh, roots in... Um, like Quiche, like uh, mythology, um, which is like a Mayan uh, tribe. So um, yeah, I guess that's like a little bit of the variation and kind of like uh, what happens to people once they see her. And there's also like even ways I saw that things you should do if you encounter with them. And when I go to El Salvador, like I can I can genuinely tell you that this is like something that you believe in. Like there, if if so, a man goes into the forest. And, like, something happens to him, or, I don't know, they're like, I, they see an apparition, they're like, oh, that's Iwanawa. Or, like, este está jugado por la Iwanawa. <laughs> and, like, he starts acting, like, crazy. <laughs> or sometimes it's just a joke, like, if that person is, like, um, a little bit different. <laughs> just goofy, I guess. Um, but, yeah, here I go. Um, la leyenda de la Iwanawa. Había una mujer bonita en El Salvador. Se llamaba Sibiwet. En que, en, la, en que la lengua nativa significa mujer hermosa. Y ella era hermosa. Tenía pelo largo y negro. Tenía piel suave, el color de caramelo. Tenía ojos grandes y hermosos. Sibiwet estaba muy consciente de su apariencia hermosa. Le gustaba ser hermosa. Le gustaba cómo los hombres la miraron. Un día, el príncipe Yeosun visitó el pueblo de Sibiwet. Jason se enamoró de inmediato con la hermosa Sibiwet. El padre de Jason era Tlaloc, el dios de la lluvia, pues Jason era un príncipe muy importante. Sibiwet quería ser una princesa y aceptó la propuesta de matrimonio con Jason. Sibiwet y Jason se casaron. Vivían en un palacio bonito. Después de poco tiempo tuvieron un hijo. Su hijo se llamaba Sipitio. Jason era un esposo y padre excelente. Adoraba a su mujer y a su hijo. Jason era fuerte y guapo. Sibiwet era muy hermosa y Sipitio era un niño bon- bueno y bonito. En apariencia, Jason y Sibiwet y Sipitio eran la familia perfecta. Jason era un príncipe y un hombre importante en la región. Como el príncipe, Jason tenía responsabilidades en toda la nación. Tenía que participar en batallas. Tenía que visitar otras regiones. Como la mujer de Jason, Sibiwet también era una figura importante. Jason hacía todas sus decisiones con Sibiwet. Escuchaba sus recomendaciones. Jason estaba muy enamorado de su mujer, pero había un problema. Sibiwet no estaba enamorada de su esposo. Sibiwet no iba con Jason a las batallas o a visitar las otras regiones. Ella no quería estar con Jason porque no estaba enamorada de él. Sin embargo, Sibiwet no quería estar sola. Le gustaba la compañía de los hombres. Cuando Jason no estaba en casa porque participaba en una batalla o visitaba otra región, Sibiwet iba a las casas de otros hombres. Sibiwet pasaba las noches con varios hombres cuando su esposo no estaba. 
En adición a ser una esposa terrible, Siwet era una madre mala. Ella tenía un hijo con Jason, pero ella no pasaba tiempo con su hijo. Ella era mala, así pitió. No abrazaba a su hijo, no besaba a su hijo. Ella no tenía tiempo para su hijo, solo tenía tiempo para los hombres del pueblo. Ella abrazaba y besaba a los hombres del pueblo. Tlatlop oyó rumores de las acciones de Siwet. Oyó que Siwet se iba de la casa en la noche para estar con otros hombres. Oyó que Sipitío estaba a solas en casa. Tlatlop estaba preocupado, no quería crear rumores, quería ver la verdad. Entonces, una noche, cuando Jason estaba en la batalla, Tlatlop visitó el palacio de su hijo. Como los rumores mencionaron, no había nadie en la casa, excepto el pequeño Sipitío. El niño estaba solo en la casa. Su padre estaba en la batalla y su madre estaba en la casa de otro hombre. Tlatlop estaba furioso. Él buscó a Sibiwet en todas las casas. Por fin encontró a la mujer en la casa de un guardia del palacio. Tlatlop mató al hombre y estaba a punto de matar a Sibiwet, cuando tenía otra idea. Sibiwet estaba obsesionada con su apariencia hermosa, pues Tlatlop decidió atacar su apariencia. Tlatlop causó un cambio en la apariencia hermosa de Sibiwet. Él la convirtió en un monstruo. Tenía una cara horrible, un, como la cara de un muerto. Le cambió el nombre de Siwet a la Siwanawa, de mujer hermosa a, mu a mujer fea. Este el nuevo nombre representó la nueva apariencia de esta mujer horrible. Ahora Siwanawa camina por El Salvador. Ella busca amantes nuevos. Busca la compañía de un hombre. De una distancia, ella parece muy bonita. Cuando lo los hombres la ven, con su pelo largo y bonito, Miran su piel suave, los hombres se enamoran de inmediato. Pero cuando ella los mira de frente, su cara se mira como la cara del muerto. Y fin. But yes. Um, this is a story that like um, people tell, like, she's just really no figure. Um, no sabrá that you see mirrors and stuff like that. And murals. Um, and I guess if you do encounter her, you have to like make a cross <laughs> immediately. I'm sorry, guys. I'm losing my voice a little bit today, but yeah, you have to make a cross immediately. I'm like, if you're a drunk man, don't go by the river over there. <laughs> um, and actually, like this story didn't mention it, this variation of it, but the Garta also made Sipitio like, um, he made the child supposedly in the mythology. He made the feet his feet go reverse, so like he walks backwards, and the child is now deformed. And Asiwanawa can never find her child. So that's also punishment to her for leaving him by himself. Dang. I feel like this story reminds I... me of something I have heard or read. Of like, um, I've also seen like comedy that's related to it. That's like, um, yeah. una mujer que se mira bonita de lejos, pero when you get close to her, she's not. <laughs> and I can't remember what it's from, but it's, it's yeah. sounds familiar. Definitely interesting. Yeah, she like steals souls. It like de depending on the variation, like she'll steal souls. Um, yeah, you have to like bite your because in like rural parts they use a thing called a machete or corvo, and so you have to bite your corvo. Um, Sipitio like eats ashes, and so he's not like evil or anything. He's just like kind of like the figure Loki. And it's solo le gusta hacer así travesuras because he's a kid. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. But yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, yeah, I'm like, I was trying to do such justice to these um, Nahuatl um, names. But yeah, so Elizabeth, if yes. you do us the honor of the next one. 
Yeah, so the next one is uh, Lechuzas. So Lechuzas is a legend that can be heard all over Mexico. And a lechuza is an owl. And it can take the form, right, of a witch. I'm not sure if anyone else has heard it, but I think, Gabby, you said that you've heard it as well. Um, I've heard of that, like, um, just like esa creencia, that belief that... Um... With like owls are bad or like they can be witches too. Um, I have heard of that, but I have not heard of like the story or like the origin of it. Okay, well, um, the lechuza has actually since it's based in Mexico has been reported only in Chihuahua, Coahuila, Coahuila, Durango, Nuevo León, Nuevo León, y Tamaulipas, y en el Rio Grande in the Valley of Texas in California especially Southern California. So let's get started with La Leyenda de la Lechuza. So the legend of La Lechuza is one that can be heard all over Mexico. It is said that a lechuza or an owl, specifically a white owl, is a buja or a witch that has taken the form of this owl. There are small owls that are believed to be witches, but the legend of La Lechuza is one giant owl. Some say it is a white owl, but there are stories and reports that say it is a black owl. It is seven feet tall and has a wingspan of 15 feet. Although it is an owl, it is said to have the, fa- the, the face of an old woman. This specific lechuza has been reported only in Chihuahua, Coahuila, Durango, Nuevo León, Tamaulipas, and in the Rio Grande Valley of Texas and California, especially in Southern California. According to most variations of the legend, the lechuza was once a woman who was wronged and now seeks revenge. Some villagers killed her child. Other times, the child was killed by a drunk. Some other versions of the legend tell that the witch herself was killed by locals and came back to seek revenge. Depending on where you hear the tale, the lechuza is sometimes just one bruja. But in other places, any bruja can become this giant owl. It is a witch that has sold their soul to the devil, and they transform at night. Legend says that the cry of the lechuza mimics the cry of a baby, or whistles when they use it to lure you outside, to take you and make you their meal. Sometimes the cry of the lechuza is said to be an omen of death. If you hear it, a family member will die. Some say dreaming of the lechuza is also an omen of death. The lechuza is so big that it can carry a grown adult in its talons. The lechuza is said to bring storms with it. It cannot be harmed by guns. And it is also said to prey on human emotions, often appearing during domestic disputes and waiting for a next victim to storm outside. Some versions of the legend, the lechuza only preys on adult men, borrachos specifically. But in others, the lechuza craves the blood of newborn babies and especially unbaptized babies. It is common to be told to not whistle three times at midnight, for it's an invitation of, for the lechuza. It is said that the lechuza has swooped down on cars and can travel at the same speed. According to the legend, salt can protect against it, and many put salt on their windows at night for protection. If you see it, you should also cuss her out to drive it away. But other versions of the legend say that it makes it more mad, so be wary of this one. Tying a rope of seven knots and hanging it on your door 
will also protect you, since it is a sign of acknowledgement and respect towards the Lechusa. Some say praying can also save you, specifically the Magnifica, a prayer from the Gospel of St. Luke, but it must be recited in Spanish and then also backwards. There are many stories of sightings of the Lechusa. The following is Nuevo Laredo in the 1950s. There was a Lechusa terrorizing the town, and the locals came up with a plan to kill it. It was lured out of the trees by using a child as bait. When the Lechusa attempted to take the kid, locals fired at it with guns, but only hit its claws before it flew away. The next day, they went to the house of the Bruja, they believed to be a Lechusa, and she answered the door with a with a bandaged leg. The wariness of owls can be traced back to the Bible, and even before that, in the Aztec and Mayan culture. Fear of owls has also been seen in China and ancient Greek and Rome. There are various Bible passages referring to owls as something dark and to be rejected by God. In China, the owl is an omen of disaster. In ancient Egypt, they were a symbol of death, the night and cold. In Argentina, the stories of Cachi, Cachiru, a malignant mythical owl that steals the soul of men at death and turns them into ghosts. In Teotihuacan, the owl was associated with the god of rain and a bad omen, and they were also associated with Momo, Momets, Copinqui, which are women born of the date of que etal, or one rain, which caused them to develop supernatural abilities. They are said to have the ability to remove their limbs and replace them with a bird's legs, wings, and sometimes beaks. In the pre-Incan Incan civilization, in what we know now as Peru, they are associated with death and sacrifice. In Mayan culture, the owl was associated with Sibabla, the underworld and was known as the messenger of death. That's the story of Las Lechuzas. Yeah, that that one is one I'm I'm very familiar with. My mom and my boyfriend talk about it all the time. So that one is definitely scary. I hate whenever I go to Mexico. When I hear something, it, I just think about that. It's scary. <laughs> Yeah, that does. Honestly, like, you you had me there. I was like, damn, what, like, am I on the Scary Stories podcast? Like, do you know how there's... <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I've heard that. Like, I feel like I'm, my aunt's, like, very much into all those things. And so, yeah, I feel like she's told me about something like that. Like, yeah. they're believed to be witches or something. Um, also, I, I forgot. I misspoke in the last um, story, but um, so the... This the mythical creatures there my there are still of like uh, Mayan tribes, um. However, like their language is um Quiche, that is not their tribe. Um, that is yeah. I would not know. Um. So yeah, just to do them justice, I'm like. So should we move on to the next? Yes. Go ahead, Gabby. Okay. This one is actually um. So it's gonna be El Silbon, and this is a South American um story and um it's actually like from venezuela and it's also it has a variation in colombia too uh i'll be reading the variation from venezuela um so yes and this one also will be um in spanish well en silbón hay una región en venezuela que se llama los llanos en los llanos hay muchos ranchos ríos y pasto para las muchas vacas 
También hay en los bosques. Los llanos es el origen de esta leyenda espantosa. Hay un hombre y una mujer. Ellos quieren tener un bebé. Están solos por muchos años y están tristes porque quieren tener un bebé. Después de mucho tiempo, por fin la mujer está embarazada. Está emocionada porque por fin va a tener un bebé. El hombre y la mujer tienen un niño. El niño es fuerte y saludable, pero el niño llora mucho. A los padres no les gusta cuando el niño llora, entonces cuando el bebé llora, los padres aparecen inmediatamente. A veces el bebé quiere leche, a veces el bebé necesita un cambio de pañal. A veces el bebé simplemente quiere compañía. De todos modos, el bebé llora mucho. El hombre y la mujer no tienen más niños. Quieren tener más niños, pero no pueden tener más niños. Entonces, ellos se enfocan toda su atención en su único hijo. Ellos consisten, consienten a su hijo. Él recibe todas las cosas que él quiere. Cuando quiere leche, la madre va a la vaca y regresa con leche fresca. Cuando quiere dulce, su padre camina por kilómetros al pueblo para comprar dulces. Cuando quiere comer espaguetis, la madre prepara espaguetis. Solo una persona no consiente al niño, el abuelo. El padre de la madre vive con la familia. Él piensa que es una mala idea consentir a un niño. El abuelo piensa que el niño es un niño malo. Pero los padres no lo escuchan. Solo escuchan a su hijo consentido y adorado. El niño no hace nada, no trabaja, no ayuda en la casa, no hace nada. Los padres trabajan todo el día en el rancho. El abuelo trabaja todo el día en el rancho, pero el niño no hace nada. Solo observa y silba. Silba todo el tiempo. Los padres saben dónde está porque escuchan el silbato de su hijo. Un día, cuando el niño tiene 15 años, él decide que quiere comer tripa. Las tripas son los intestinos de un animal. Es una comida muy común y unas personas, como el niño, piensan que es deliciosa. El niño que ahora es un muchacho quiere comer tripa y entonces habla con su padre. Padre, el niño grita, quiero comer tripa ahora. Pero hijo, no tenemos tripa en la casa, el padre responde. Entonces vete al bosque, mata un venado, quiero comer tripa. El muchacho impaciente dice, ay mi hijo, tengo mucha, mucho trabajo hoy, no tengo mucho tiempo para ir a cazar un venado en el bosque. Pero al niño no le importa. No me importa tu trabajo, tonto. Yo necesito comer tripa. Entonces tú vas a ir al bosque a cazar un venado y volver con su, su tripa. El niño insolente dice. El padre toma su rifle y va al bosque a cazar un venado. El padre tiene miedo. Tiene miedo de su hijo. Tiene miedo porque su hijo quiere comer tripa. Pero el padre no tiene tripa para su hijo. Cuando el padre está cerca de la casa... De regreso, escucha el silbato de su hijo y tiene más miedo. El padre vuelve a la casa sin la tripa. Cuando el muchacho mira que su padre no tiene un venado, está enojado y pregunta, ¿Dónde está el venado? Quiero comer tripa. No hay venado en el bosque, hijo. Lo siento mucho, el padre responde, con miedo. Cállate, idiota. El hijo grita, quiero comer tripa, quiero comer tripa, quiero comer tripa. Está bien, hijo mío, el padre dice. Voy al bosque a buscar más. Cuando el padre, sin poder cazar a un venado, llega de regreso a la casa y el muchacho está afuera silbando. Lo siento, hijo. Yo pasé todo el día y toda la noche y toda la mañana en el bosque, pero no vi ningún venado. No tengo tu tripa. El muchacho continúa a silbar. Mira a su padre. El padre mira que su hijo juega con un cuchillo. El padre tiene miedo. Tiene miedo de su hijo. El muchacho silba y juega con el cuchillo por muchos minutos. Entonces habla, 
quiero comer la tripa, papá. Si no puedo comer la tripa de un venado, voy a comer tu tripa. Tu tripa. Entonces el muchacho toma su cuchillo y corta el estómago de su padre. El muchacho silba y corta la tripa de su padre. El muchacho silba y camina a la cocina de la casa con la tripa de su padre. El muchacho silba y le da a su madre los órganos de su padre. Hola, hijo. ¿Es la tripa de tu padre? ¿Mató venado? Pues sí, la tripa de mi padre. El muchacho responde. ¿Dónde está tu padre? ¿Dónde está el resto del venado? Está afuera, el muchacho responde. Pues yo voy a cocinar esta tripa. ¡Qué rico! La madre limpia y prepara la tripa. El niño se sienta a la mesa y observa y silba. Después de unos minutos, la madre está preocupada. No mira a su esposo y la tripa es diferente. La, pero la madre continúa a cocinar y preparar la tripa. Cuando todo está preparado, la madre llama a la abuela y su esposo a comer. El muchacho espera el resto de su familia. El muchacho empieza a comer inmediatamente. El muchacho corta la tripa en partes pequeñas. Come todo, prácticamente toda la tripa. Después de comer, el muchacho silba. El abuelo está afuera. El abuelo traja, trabaja en el rancho y de repente el abuelo mira que el pasto está rojo. El abuelo investiga y descubre el cadáver del padre en una planta. El abuelo entra a la cocina y mira al muchacho. El muchacho mira al abuelo y silba. El abuelo pega, le pega al muchacho y le dice, Niño terrible, mataste a tu padre. La madre grita y corre afuera. Ella mira a su esposo mutilado y llora y llora. Ella mira el estómago cortado de su esposo y comprende que la tripa que ella cocinó era de su esposo. El niño no está asqueado. Él simplemente mira a su abuelo y dice, quería comer la tripa. El abuelo agarra al muchacho y le pega. El muchacho no llora, solo silba. El abuelo está frustrado y furioso con el muchacho horrible. Entonces él decide usar la magia negra. El abuelo pone un hechizo, le pone un hechizo al muchacho. Tú vas a pagar por tus malos actos. Vas a caminar por los llanos por toda la eternidad. Para no olvidar tu acto terrible, vas a tener el cuerpo de tu padre siempre en este saco. Como te gusta silbar, no vas a poder hablar. Solo puedes silbar. El niño pone el cuerpo de su padre en el saco y se va a la casa, silbando. Ahora el muchacho tiene el nombre de El Silmón. Camina por los llanos de Venezuela y Colombia. Busca niños consentidos, hombres malos y unas víctimas inocentes. Siempre silba cuando está cerca. Si tú escuchas muy bien el silbato, el silmón siempre simplemente observa y no quiere hacer nada. Pero cuando es difícil escuchar el silbato, el silbón está a punto de atacar. Entonces cuando tú caminas solo, en día o noche, ten cuidado. No quieres ser otra víctima del silbón. El fin. Bueno. I kind of like it. It's like kind of like, um, have you seen the Netflix movie? Um, it's like 1982 or something like that. And this dad, like, he just goes crazy in this farm. And so it reminds me of that. I don't know why. <laughs> I've never seen that one, but it always this story always gets me. I read it earlier, so I think I'm, I'm like now I'm gonna obey my parents. I guess I guess from what we've learned from this, it's like don't don't spoil your kids because if you spoil them, they'll even take you. They'll eat you alive. I guess. Yeah. Um, so wow, this is this is kind of cool because it's it's like four parents, like don't spoil your kids or they're gonna become like this character. Yeah, it's a. All of them are 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 definitely interesting. Different, different stories, different 
things um, from the ones I read, and I think one you read too. Uh, I mentioned like the Catholicism. I think you were the one who read the one about Catholicism, or was it me? No, it was me. I think it was you because the, the first one was based. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't know that, and I'm like, oh well, this is a an attempt for los borrachos. I'm like, oh no wonder. Yeah, like don't over drink or don't go by a river on your own. Yeah. <laughs> and then this one that's like day or night. If you hear the the, the el silbato, like run. Yeah. Or and if you can't hear it no more, you're done. Yeah. <laughs> and this one it says like um victimas inocentes or mal um or niños um or hombres malos. Yeah. So everyone. <laughs> Basically, innocentes. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Venezuela and Colombian mythology for this one is very cutthroat. Like, just everyone. Yeah. I like this one too. Like, um, by the way, like the two stories that I read, um, they were like written. Um, this is a rendition of the author, um, Camila Gibbon, and she has her own website where she's a uh, teacher, and she it's called Small Town Spanish Teacher. Uh, and I, um, well, the way like that she has it interpreted here on the website, I appreciate the way she did it at Silvon because it's like El Niño Siempre Silva. It always goes back to that, which I appreciate. Um, sorry, I'm like little, little literature moment, little nerding out moment for me. Yeah. <laughs> As I was reading it, I was like, okay, okay, like very good. Very good how this was written. I also forgot to recognize the, the authors that I um, got the stories from. So La Llorona is from Legends of America. And then the Lechuzas is actually from Spooky Tales. So uh, we'll put those out in the in the link so you guys can see their stories. Actually, some of them have their own like podcasts or like storytelling websites, similar to the one that you shared, Gabby. So yeah, they probably have some more stuff that I just didn't look into. But yeah, okay. I guess now we can, if you, we want to, do we want to end it here, Gabby, or? Yeah, I think, I think this is a good point. We were going to possibly talk about um, other Latino superstitions, or Latin superstitions, sorry. Um, and, but I think we can leave that for another episode. Yeah, I think so, too. So I guess stay tuned for Latino superstitions and beliefs and other episodes. But, um. Anything else you want to add, Gabby, before we end? Um, no. But Noki, now this has made me want to read more uh, Latin mythology. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's this one book called Flor Negra. I think I shared it with you, Gabby. That one yeah. has a lot of, like, those, like, superstitions and, like, beliefs. Um, I don't know what it's about. It, it's based on, like, Mayan culture. So oh, okay. it, should be, it should be interesting. And it's kind of scary, so... Okay, I'm like writing it down right now. We'll also um, include that in yes. uh, the description, just so you guys have it as we start spooky season. Yes. All right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to Latin Con Orgullo. For this episode, actually, we would love to hear your stories with Latino folklore and anything we might have missed like in this episode, which, of course, I know we missed a lot. So, yeah. again, share this with your friends, your tias, your primos. And nos vemos pronto en el próximo episodio. Thank you for 
listening to our stories and our vision. If what we have mentioned is interesting to you, we hope that you join our conversation by tuning in to Latin con Orgullo. Nos vemos en el próximo episodio. Adiós.